Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. guys, this is John. And this is Kevin. And this is a very special holiday edition of Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Happy holidays, Kevin. Happy holidays, John, and happy holidays to all of you out there. Hey, guys. We hope you're having a smoother holiday season than John McClane. Oh, my gosh. Could it get any worse? He's just nearly blown himself to bits inside the Nakatomi Tower. It's um, Things have not been going well uh, uh, recently for John McClane. Yeah, he's just in a, a block of C4 down an elevator shaft. The explosion was massive. The whole building is rocking. Yeah. Cops are taking cover. Um, a terrorist thinks that the police are using artillery on them. Yeah, Gruber is like, he knows better. He knows it's McLean. Yeah, it's McLean. Um, Thornburg <laughs> downstairs, the news guy from Channel 14 can smell his Emmy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> asking asking the uh, camera guy, tell me you got that. He's very validated. Yeah, and so... We cut to a special Channel 14 uh, news broadcast, which gives a rundown, gives some background on Hans Gruber, who is uh, pegged as being a member of a radical West German uh, movement, yeah. um, which yeah. has disavowed and any knowledge of these events and is saying that they've actually kicked him out. Exactly. So McLean mentioned like the leader's name is Hans earlier on the radio. Right. Is that how the news has figured this out or... Would they have figured out did the communication from the the terrorist network that he was not working for them? Like, was that independent of she them does, figuring out? She mentions that it's strange that they said he's not working for us. So I guess it was the cat was going to be out of the bag of who this guy is. Regardless, it was it was up on the like the terrorist chat sites. <laughs> yeah, basically it was on the dark web. It made big uh, big headlines in the terrorist world. Like, can you believe what Hans is going to do? <laughs> Um, McLean radios down to Al, like, how's it going down there? Yeah, he sounded a little worse for wear, too, after that blast. Al says he, they think he killed probably two more terrorists with that. He's asked, is the building, what is the building okay? And he's like, well, it's gonna need a paint job and a shitload of screen doors. (laughs) Love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, and then Robinson sees Al on the radio. He's like, is that him? He comes over, he snatches it. pissed. He snatches it from him. He's like, look, I don't know who you are or who you think you are, but you just destroyed a building. He's like, I got a hundred people down here and they're covered in glass. Glass? Who gives a shit about glass? Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck is this? It's so good. Like Robinson just doesn't know who he's dealing with. No, he doesn't. This is John McClane. He's he's like, I'm in charge down here. And and McClane's like, from up here, it does look like you're in charge of jack shit. He's not going to win. 
like a smack talking contest with John McClane. Yeah, no one I don't think could. So um, yeah, he's yeah. he tells him that Robinson calls him an asshole, not cool, and John <laughs> says, uh, "I'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national TV." Dwayne and Argyle listening on the TV. Yeah, he's loving it. In the parking garage, loves that. I love I love that he tells Robinson. McClane tells Robinson he's part of the problem. Quit being part of the problem and put the other guy back on. <laughs> I know you've been dismissed. Thank yeah, you, Robinson's Robinson. Enough. And I mean. Look, Robinson is completely useless. He's out of his element. So Al, ever empathetic, is like, how you doing, buddy? And he's <laughs> oh, like, yeah. how you feeling? Pretty fucking unappreciated, Al. He does a really great job of being like the the moral cheerleader for, yeah. for John this oh, whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, if he didn't have someone he could talk to, like, I don't see it going this well. Uh-uh. You know? Um but yeah, Al tells him to hang in there that, you know, a lot of the guys down here, we love you, we're pulling for you. There's a lot of police loyalty on the ground yeah. for, for McLean. Meanwhile, on oh. the 30th floor, <laughs> oh man, Ellis <laughs> snorting coke. He's like trying to work up the nerve to go and... Friends, friends, I think that it's safe to say that the movie has been building to this moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is, if you know, there's that theory that everyone is the star of their own movie, like in their own mind. This is Ellis's like big heroic moment. He's been trying to work up the nerve for the past few hours to take charge of the situation. How he's, high is he? He's been doing coke for three hours straight. <laughs> he's got to be tapped out now. That might have been the last of it. Maybe that's why he needs to resolve this thing quickly because right. he's out now. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to lose my nerve. <laughs> yeah, I love it, dude. Sprecancy talk. Uh-huh. Do you speak talk? Oh, <laughs> God. That's so bad, man. Uh, uh, fucking Alice. You got to love him, dude. Babe, I negotiated million dollar deals for breakfast. I think I can handle this Euro trash. So, so the actor who played Alice named Hart Bachner, mm-hmm. he claimed, I don't know if this is true or not, because how could it be? But he claimed that. You know, he was given the performance that he's giving and McTiernan kind of kept telling him, you need to tone it down. You, you know, that's not the performance I want. I want your character to just be a dead serious business type guy. I can't see it, but yeah, I don't know. And I never heard anyone else say that thing other than the actor himself who, you know, we all can imagine actors maybe like to exaggerate yeah, their contribution a Absolutely. little bit. But um. Bachner's story is that he was given that performance that we see on screen. McTiernan kept telling it, telling him to tone it down and he wasn't. And then Joel Silver, the producer who is goes right. way back with him, saw the footage and was like, no, this is brilliant. It's it stays perfect. in. And that they were like, he, you know, helped him when he was coming up with all the booby lines and all oh that my stuff. God, but, it's um, so good. It's so good. Yeah. So, you know, they escort, Ellis into the office with Carl and he's been Hans. granted an audience and immediately Carl's like got his hand on his gun like you want me to kill this guy I can kill him for you and Hans is like no nah, nah, no let's, let's see what, what he's got yeah, let's hear what he has to say <laughs> it's not what I want it's what I can give you yeah what does he want <laughs> so beautiful oh my, he is so clueless he doesn't he knows nothing clearly, but he's like, I don't care what you're here for. I don't care who you got beef with. He redu- reduces a lot. I of- say to myself, these guys are professional. They're motivated. They're having an IE. They want something, huh? He- Rickman here is phenomenal. Oh, you he's are, so patronizing. You are amazing. You, you figured I mean? all this out. Yeah, I watched 60 Minutes. <laughs> 
fucking Alice. Oh, yeah. Saying he doesn't. Yeah. So he's not into the politics. He doesn't want to know the whys. He even drops some racial oh, slurs. He about says some they horribly like reductionist things about what some terrorist groups are after. Yeah. Um, but business is business. Right. You use he, a gun. I use a fountain pen. And he's like, let me put it in my terms. You're here in a hostile takeover. <laughs> you grab us for some green mail, but you didn't figure some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right? <laughs> Hans, Bobby, oh I'm God. your white knight, which he's not wrong about like them grabbing him for some green mail. No, no. Uh, he's kind of more right than he Everything realizes. Everything he's saying is great, but it's like we are. It, yeah, that's the writing is on the wall. Which is self-explanatory. Hans, of course, ever calm is like. I'm sorry, I must have missed 60 minutes. <laughs> what are you saying? I can give them to you. And then a big, goofy, like, shit-eating grab. How grand. many times did re- we rewind that that moment and re-watch him deliver that line with that fucking face? If there's ever been a shit-eating grin captured, like, that he just, yeah, I eat shit, and I love it. <laughs> I, I love the taste. Help. I can't stop smiling. <laughs> I love the taste of it. He's just terrible. Oh, Alice. Um, Cut to McLean. Is choking on a Twinkie. Yeah, coincidence. eating a stale Twinkie. I didn't know Twinkies could go stale. But yeah, apparently they had a shelf life for like a thousand years, like a friggin' uh, cockroach or maybe, something. Maybe they were better for you back in the eighties, more nutritional <sighs> value. But so he he's talking to the world's foremost expert on Twinkies with Al. <laughs> he's like saying, "What the hell do they put in these things?" Bag it, big time. Yeah, Al rattles off all the ingredients of a Twinkie, and then I think because of that. Yeah. McLean figures you must have kids at it home. It sort of clues him in that he's, yeah, he's keeping track of, he's, he's a label reader, so he must have kids. Or I think it's just like, if you got that trash in your house, like it must be because your kids like sweets, you know, because oh. no human adult is eating that. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, Al confirms like, oh, well, my wife's pregnant with our first. Which is awesome. What about you, cowboy? You got any kids back on your ranch? And I don't like this at all. Like, yeah, you know, where McLean says, yeah, I've got two. It never stuck out to me. I, I immediately am like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you give them information of any kind? I think that McLean probably wrongly. Like feels like he's cloaked in anonymity, like that. Maybe. Even if I, even if he knows I have kids or doesn't have kids, like he doesn't have access to my kids. I just think that if you know that your wife is in the building, yeah, that that's the, no, you're that, right. And they can potentially get to her. That that's a move that it was. It's it was even more jarring watching it now. I was like, oh, wow, that's that seems like a pretty well, big gaff. On I will his say part. you're right, but it never occurred to me until you said it, like that that should be a concern. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, dude, you're schooling me. No, not at all. Um, and so now Hans Gruber cuts into their tender moment. Very touching. Yeah. And he identifies McLean by name, Officer John McLean <gasps> of the New York Police Department. The air gets sucked out of the room. The atmosphere is tense. Yeah. And, uh, oh, man, Thornburg. Yeah, outside. The, the, the reporters are listening in. The the producer goes off to research. Is this true? You know, um, John says, you know, uh, what sister Margaret or whoever, Teresa or somebody like calls that. me, Mr. McLean in school. My friends call me, John, you're neither shithead. <laughs> <laughs> Great line. He's never without a comeback. No, he, he is so quick on his feet with the comebacks. It's amazing. Yeah. So now Gruber says, we've got someone with us, someone very special to you, a very special friend of yours. 
who was with you at the party tonight and they want to speak to you. Uh, and you see McLean's face sink like it's got to be Holly. Yeah, he's 100 percent sure that it's that it's Holly, that they have mm-hmm. her there um, and is completely gobsmacked when it's Ellis. He's like, hey, John boy. Like, <laughs> yeah, McLean's face. Ellis? It is like, I can't fucking believe my ears. Ellis, is that you, the guy I had one conversation with? And you were doing drugs? Yeah. (laughs) You're Um, probably doing drugs now. And Ellis, yeah, he's like, yeah, (laughs) basically, fucking Ellis. He tells McLean, stop messing with the terrorists. Just give them what they want. Right. Right. He's like, Ellis, what have you told them? Which is great writing because all the subtext is. He can't ask, like, do they know about Holly? This moment really, really stood out because Willis's ability to convey, like, like serious panic here. Yeah. yeah. Quiet panic. Yeah. Granted. His eyes just, are doing just, all the work. He's, yeah. He's just like, what did you, what he's did like, you what tell you them? told them? And Alice says, I told them that we're old friends and you are my guest at the party. And then you see, like, relief wash over. McLean, he kind of nods a little bit like, okay, okay, we can work with this. I just don't know what is Ellis's game here. It's what is he think he's where does he think this is going? I, I, the only thing that I can really wrap my mind around as being plausible is that he's trying to ingratiate himself to them so that maybe he would use them going forward, basically just making a case for himself like he shouldn't be killed. I shouldn't yeah. be one that dies. I can be useful, I'm to, useful you. to you. Yeah, that's how I see it, too. I'm like, I think he thinks I'll be able to talk John into chilling out. Maybe. Because I'm such a good negotiator, like, and everyone listens to is me. Is it the coke talking? <laughs> yes. I mean, he's very seriously, confident. Yeah. But also, I mean, this is, Ellis has made his entire career doing this, right? He's ingratiated himself to people being a useful tool. So he's kept himself around by just being. Well, he can bullshit himself through most situations. Uh, apparently. Yeah. So, um. But yeah. Also during this, he, he gets his Coke delivered. Oh man, he gets yeah, his, his Coca Cola. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Coca Cola, Coca Cola, classic. And and Hans, the genteel smile back from Hans is so like reptilian <sighs> in its creepiness. Ellis, like, you know, he's like saying they want the detonators or they're gonna kill me. And every time, every time he caps a line, he like pulls, he like looks and winks at Hans. Like, can you believe this guy's buying this? Give the big thumbs big up. Thumbs up. Like, and like that a one. big grin. Did you hear the drama in that one? Like, Hans? I am nailing this. Where's my Oscar? Oh, man. Uh, but uh, yeah, the performance is fucking classic, man. This, the whole, is like, this whole bit with Ellis is one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. So. McLean's like, shut up, <laughs> shut your mouth, Ellis, put Hans on. Yeah. And he's like, look, Hans, this guy does not know who you are, but I do. Yeah, like, he knows the stakes. He, he knows. This guy doesn't know me. I just met him tonight. Like, and he's like, Ellis, he's pleading with Ellis. Like, Ellis, tell him you don't know me. They're going to kill you. Yeah. And he's like, how can you say that after all these years? <laughs> Still playing the part. Yeah, he, well, he doesn't want to. Yeah, he doesn't want to, I think, admit to the bad guys Milking that it. he was lying to and them. At this point, Hans apparently has taken out a gun. Yeah, you kind of see it. He's like sort of laying the gun down on the table and he's telling McLean, like, you're not part of the equation this time. Like, you need to realize that. And that's yeah, Hans like, Hans, babe, what am I, a method actor? Put away the gun. This is radio, not television. <laughs> What a bonehead. Uh, yeah. The radio goes quiet after McLean pleads for Ellis's life. Yep. Um, Ellis tries to continue to make his case, but McLean goes silent. 
Like yep. he just drops well, off. There's nothing you can do at that point. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then he, Alice just sort of shrugs. Takes a big oh, swig well. of some Coca-Cola classic. He is. And then, then bam. Like, and then good night, sweet prince. I got to say, though, honestly, like. Alice deserved probably to die as much as any character in the movie. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> he had it coming, man. He, he needed this. coming. Yeah, come on. Uh, um, it's sad though. The cat screaming breaks out amongst the hostages. That's right. Yeah, Hans is holding up the radio to the noise of the screams, letting McLean hear that once again. If you didn't already know, I mean business. Tells him to give the detonators, or maybe he's going to get to somebody that he cares about, which is yeah. foreshadowing. Um, but McLean says, "Go fuck yourself," literally. I like it. And uh, down and, the street, Robinson yeah. is like telling Al, he's like. You hear that man? He just let him die. Like that's the same as pulling the trigger yourself. That's bullshit. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with well, that at all. Al wisely is arguing. Like, look, if he'd surrendered, they'd both be dead right now. Which, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, absolutely. They don't. They don't realize. But obviously, like Hans's plan is, yeah, the, everyone's gonna die except for us when this night's over. You know, they don't know that obviously, but it's Robinson's assertion that McLean should. Give up and turn himself into the terrorists when <laughs> when McLean is the only guy doing anything effective. I think Robinson is still smarting from that fucking sick ass burn he took earlier. Butt fuck on national <laughs> television, Dwayne. Dwayne. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. Um, and then yeah, Robinson tells Al. Yeah, they sort of get into it and they fight. And, and yeah. Robinson says, "If you want to leave, feel Wait, free. You can. You can you get out of here yourself anytime. Dismissed. And I was like, "No, nah, I'm good." He's I'm like, "No, you can drag you me can away. Drag me away. Who, He's showing that loyalty, baby." Is anyone more likable than Reginald Vell Johnson? No. Like he's so good in this role. There's um. You know what? Al's wife would have preferred that he came home. Yeah, probably. He's like, Al, what are you doing? It's Christmas Eve. I'm pregnant. I want those Twinkies. Has he, has he, let, <laughs> has he let her know where he is? Or she asleep? Uh, like, no, not to our knowledge. Yeah. Right? Um, She's with family in town from out of town. Now, this is when Gruber comes on the radio talking to the police, making all types of fucking crazy demands about prisoners he wants released and this and that. The seven members of the new Provo Front in yep. Northern Ireland, the five imprisoned leaders of Liberté du Québec, and the nine members of Asian Dawn. The Asian Dawn movement. <laughs> Which elicits a what the fuck from McLean. And, 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 uh, and, and from Carl. And, and Carl's like, who's Asian Dawn? Asian Dawn? He's like, I read about them and whatever, yeah. <laughs> so so immediately you know that it's just like, this is a bullshit list. This is bogus information. Which McLean is clearly smart enough to his bullshit detectors going off. You yeah. know, he's made all these wild ass demands. He says, when the prisoners are released, we're going to take the hostages to the roof and we want helicopters there to take us to the airport. And he says, you got two hours to pull you have us off. two hours to comply. And then he's gone. Uh, Carl asked him like, do you think they're even going to try to do it? And Hans doesn't care. He's yeah. like, who cares? He's like, no one cares. Yeah. Um, he checks with Theo who says he's almost finished. Um, like what the status is, but Theo's saying the last lock will take a miracle. Uh, you love this line. I'm going to give it to you. So, I mean, I, Your I, Rickman I, impression is better. I couldn't even, I don't think I could even do it justice, but but the glee in his voice, the mock glee, it's mm -hmm. Christmas, Theo. It's the time of miracles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Hans has got it under control is yeah. what we're getting from this. He's back yeah. on, he's back on track, except he needs those detonators, right? That's right. Um, so he tells Carl, Go hunt that little shit down and get pissed. those detonators. 
And then he's like, well, what about the explosives? He's like, I'll check the explosives. Yeah, at this point, I think maybe Hans is tired of losing guys. And he's like, I'll just go do this myself. Yeah, Hans is pretty, like, confident in his abilities to get shit done. Absolutely. Um, He's he's gotten him this far. (laughs) So McClane is trying to explain to Al, like, look, there's nothing I could do. You got to believe me. And he's and Al's with him, I think, on that, you know, but. He's also skeptical. Like, did you hear that bullshit Hans was running? Yeah. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't add up. Now, on Channel 14, our her- our, we got our terrorist expert. Yeah, they, they've brought in an outside expert who's recently written a book called Hostage Terrorist, Terrorist Hostage, A Study in Duality. I think we're studying some duality right now. This uh, duality whiskey from American Spirit Uh, Deliciousness. Cheers. Liquid gold. Cheers to duality. Cheers to us. (laughs) Cheers to you. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy holidays, folks listening at home. Um, Um, This TV expert is weighing in on a completely fabricated syndrome called Helsinki syndrome, which we think is a stand in for Stockholm. Yeah. Um, Which is not a thing. It's not a thing at all. Helsinki syndrome. Right. Yeah. As in Helsinki, Sweden. Finland. Oh, <laughs> Harvey Johnson. Poor Harvey Jackass. Johnson. Everyone's embarrassed all over for his face. So, yeah. So we we wondered, we were confused about the Helsinki syndrome gaffe. This was something that really caught our attention. And and then having watched the commentary, we sort of get clued in that this is this whole part is supposed to represent the ineptitude of like TV pundit experts that get brought in on yeah. the news to weigh in and sort of whip the populace, the, the TV viewing audience audience into a frenzy and it's also supposed to also supposed to be the thorn the thornberg character and this quote-unquote expert are supposed to represent uh, the media and uh, terrorist situations sort of feeding on each other in this like symbiotic relationship yeah, the terrorists need the media attention and then the these terrorist experts need terrorism to keep happening right. and, and, the, and the media needs all of that for ratings so it's I like it's also pointing out like that these experts don't really necessarily know shit. They like, don't even know the name of the you syndrome. Got the syndrome wrong, right? Like, wrote, it's the wrong name. And as he's saying this about like, oh, you know, by now there's beginning to be a bond formed between the terrorists and the hostages. And uh, as as he's saying this, we're seeing like poor Ellis's body being like dragged limp through like corpse. The the picture that the expert is painting could not be more less wrong. accurate. Yeah. 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 Um, now the FBI is arriving on the scene. We got we got Agent Johnson and Special Agent Johnson, no relation. Um, it's a it's a younger black dude and an older uh, middle aged type white dude played by Robert Davi, also from the Goonies. Also from the Goonies, Jake Fratelli. He's a bad guy in a James Bond movie. Oh, that's he's right. Like, yeah, he's built to play bad guys. I think he's just got that look. Yeah, but um, McTiernan said that. The no relation line was meant for Davy's character, but that he felt like maybe it was a little racist or a little racial for the white guy to say it. Like, so I think it's great coming from the black guy. Yeah, it's I perfect. Do. I do. I think it's awesome. And for couldn't be funny. Johnson, that guy. He's very um, affable. Now, these guys are shitheads in a different way. Are yeah. they like they're not stupid, but they they overestimate, I think, their own smarts like they think. We're smarter than any terrorist could ever be. Like, we know what we're doing. This is routine for us. And they underestimate, they underestimate McLean and they underestimate the terrorists. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Now, this is one of, I mean, it's one of everyone's favorite scenes, but you especially love this next bit. It's got to be, for me, I mean, from a, a writing perspective, it's like the most compelling part of the movie. Like, yeah. we finally get the long-awaited face-to-face between McLean and Gruber. It's been, we've been wanting this, you know, for Absolutely. an hour and a half or whatever it is, right? Uh, Gruber's working on the roof. Or he's checking the explosives. Checking the explosives. He sees that they're not wired all the way, which pisses him off. Yeah, he drops down and is lands at the bare feet of McLean. Mm-hmm. And just instantly, brilliantly, he goes into an American accent. And like this this fake acted freak out session. And he's like, oh my God, don't kill me, <laughs> please don't them. kill me. You're one of them. It's amazing. Yeah. Instantly, I think as a viewer, you're like, oh, yeah, he's never seen him. Yeah. Like if he can convince him that he's not a terrorist, then whatever. And and I will say also that it's not the most complete transformation ever that there's enough of a transfer. I'm I'm talking, I'm not talking about the uh, British accent to American accent, but the actual tone of Rickman's voice as Hans it's, it's the silken, like that Severus Snape Alan Rickman sound as this American hostage who's terrified out of his mind, he pitches it a little higher. And so he's, it's much more frantic. You're one of them, aren't you? Oh, don't kill me. And I think it's just enough that McLean might still have suspicions. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's like the, throughout this scene, you just don't know who's got the upper hand. Right. Right. Um, so McLean's like, what are you doing up here? And he claims, you know, I'm a terrorist. Oh, I got I, away. I managed to escape. And uh, I thought I could get to the rooftop and signal for help. You know, <laughs> just come, come through here where I set down my gun to check he's out trying to where lure him down to where yeah. he's left his gun. And the gun's like off focus or out of focus and yes. on the edge of the screen. It's like, oh man, it's great. Uh, cut to, he's like, no, 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 you come with me. Yeah. Now you you want to <laughs> stay alive. You stay with me. We come back down to the street where Robinson, Dwayne, is like briefing the FBI on what's going on. Al makes them aware that that we got a this guy, John McClane's up there, who Dwayne wanted, seemed like he wanted to keep the FBI in the dark about his presence in yeah. this whole equation. Right. Um, well, yeah, he's still like, he's like, yeah, he's like zip it. your lips, buddy. <laughs> it's weird. Loose lips sink ships, Al. <laughs> um but there's yeah. also a great line from Agent Johnson. When we commandeer your men, we'll try and let you know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Poor Dwayne. Yeah. He's being put in his place all kinds of ways tonight. Finally. Um, McLean is now taking Gruber down to the 33rd floor where like all the computers and yeah, stuff the IT are. IT stuff is set um, up. He's, he offers a Gruber a smoke. In my mind, I feel like there's something there about the way that he holds a cigarette might indicate whether he's American or not. Maybe. I don't know. I think he's looking for any kind of tell. Yeah. From this guy, like, and, you know, Gruber takes the cigarette and he's puffing away. Would it have been more effective since all the terrorists at that point had been smokers if Hans had, like, refused the cigarette or said no Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's the better play. In my mind, somehow, something about the cigarette exchange gave the upper hand to McLean. Right. I agree. Um, so now Gruber's asking McLean, who are you? He says, I'm a cop from New York. I was invited to the party by mistake. He doesn't tip his hand that he's got a wife down there or right, anything, right. of course, you know, because McLean's a smart guy. Um, Gruber notices, importantly, that McLean's feet are bare. 
Yeah, McLean, they have a chuckle about yeah, it. McLean sort of follows his feel, like his his vision down to his feet, and they have a yeah. He laughs. It's like better than being caught with your pants down, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, God, it's just a brilliant game of cat and mouse it's between perfect. the guys. Um, McLean asks Gruber, "Who are you?" Because he sees there's like an employee directory just over Gruber's shoulder, right? And without pause, uh, Gruber has a name for him: Clay, Bill Clay who is a name on the board. So as, as observant, I feel like as McLean is Gruber was as observant as they walked by. I think he got a name off that board. Have you ever introduced yourself as Dotson? No. Kevin Dotson? No. <laughs> Last name first? No. Is that a, is that a tell? When you, him? when you introduce yourself to someone, you no, don't say, you say I'm Bill Clay. I don't say, or I would say Bill, Bill Clay. Maybe the way he delivered it, Indicated to McLean, you read the maybe, last name first. Maybe it was maybe it was another tell, another tell. I, I think know. so. It's so good. Oh, that's awesome. Um, We're geniuses. Just but kidding. then he's like, "Well, Bill, have you ever do you know how to work a gun?" Right. And he says, "Yeah, a little bit, basically." And then um, McLean says, "Well, it's time, you know, time for the real thing." He uh, appears to be loading up the the handgun. Right. Hands it to him, and he's like, Make "Just sure point, the safety saw point and shoot." Yeah. Right. So he turns his back on him. Hans takes out his radio, starts speaking German into the radio. Right. Ooh, and, sinister. And then he turns around. And, yeah, and you notice, if, like you listen, it's like as he's been speaking as Bill Clay this whole time, his voice has been, you know, talking about shooting the gun to the shooting range mm-hmm. and and all this other stuff. And then as soon as he starts speaking in his Hans Gruber voice, it's like, come to a fault. Like back yeah. down in that. Oh, yeah, he was faking it. Yeah, but it's just like the it's this subtle vocal transformation that is so effective with with the the timbre of the voice, not just the accent. Yeah, it's incredible. Then uh, he's telling McLean, like, drop your gun. And McLean's not going for it. He's like, well, 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 Hans. He's it's like pretty tricky with that accent. You should be on fucking TV with that accent. <laughs> it's so good. It's so it's awesome. Like, and we're thinking to ourselves, why is he so cool? And he's like saying, what do you want with the and detonators? And sort of walking toward him, he's stalking too. him down. He's like, what do you want with the detonators? I already used up all the explosives. Or did I? Uh-huh. And I think he's... Now we're like, wait a second. I, now I feel like McLean's got the upper hand again for whatever reason. I think so. He's at gunpoint, but he's calm and he's getting more information I sort of think like the whole the whole scene up to this point has you're sort of the scales have been tipped towards Hans being really quick on his feet. Mm -hmm. But this whole time, McLean's not taking any chances. Yeah. And and so he like it comes like that. He has been anticipating. Even if this guy is Bill Clay. Right. He's not given to some unknown a loaded gun. No. Yeah. So Hans is tired of the bullshit. He's like, I'm going to count to three. Yeah. Like you did with Takagi. And then Gruber just ruthless pulls the trigger. Not even counting. Click. Oops. Oops. No bullets. <laughs> click, click, click. What do you think? I'm fucking stupid, Hans. Oh, man. And, and then, then what do we get? Elevator. Ding. <laughs> and Hans, you were saying. Uh, and then the shit gets real. Dude, that is such a brilliantly written scene, though. There's like, I feel like there's six or seven reversals. Yeah. Of like, who's who's got the upper hand. It's like um, a one-on-one game of Uno. <laughs> so there's two answers to this question of how did McLean know? One that's been removed from the movie 
was apparently there was a scene when the terrorists are first coming off the truck that they all synchronized their watches mm-hmm. and they're all wearing the same identical watch. Uh, and that would have been a as big McLean, tell. as McLean picked off some of the others, he noticed the watch. And then when he was like handing the cigarette or handing the gun to Hans, he noticed his watch was the same as the terrorist. That just seems like something that Hans wouldn't, wouldn't have done. Maybe that's why they removed it. Yeah. It also just works that that is McLean's final gambit. I'm going to hand you a gun that you think is loaded. And if you're a terrorist, this will make you tip your hand. And I'm going to be able to incapacitate you. Yeah. If, if I'm wrong, that works just as well. Like McLean's a smart enough guy that, yeah, he's not going to take that risk. Yep. Of handing an unknown. It's awesome. The ability to kill him. Yeah. It's awesome. So, so the terrorists come pouring out of the elevator. Carl's there. One other guy's there. (laughs) Um, McLean opens fire and, and kills, kills I guess there are two other guys with Carl. He kills the long haired guy immediately, like hoses him. Glass is shattering. Sparks are flying. McLean runs away shooting. I love this. And I always liken it. He looks like Ninja Gaiden. He's like, <laughs> he's got the gun pointed at this low angle to the side and he's running like just barefoot. Empty in the magazine. Just, it, that yeah. shot is that the way it tracks him as he's running is it's beautiful and like lethal and it looks amazing. He's able to make, like, make it into one of the cubes or whatever, one of the offices. And he's right. hiding behind a desk and it's kind of a stalemate. Right. Like neither one's got a shot at the other. Um, well, he and he sees the one oh, guy from underneath the desk. Yeah, though. the one dude tries to rush him. And he like takes this dude's knees he out. It's cuts gruesome. him down, cuts him down like a tree. And we had to think he oh. he just keeps firing as the guy falls, killing oh, him. Oh, he went. He took a header through the window. Yeah, he eats it through a window. That's brutal. There's blood everywhere. And that's when yeah, they're in a standoff. And Hans he sees the broken glass and he sees that one guy's blood all intermingled right. with the glass. And that he reminds him, I guess, of McLean's bare feet. Yeah, he yells at Carl. Well, he whispers at Carl first. And this is, I sort of, I started thinking about this after we talked about it, but he says, she's ding fenster, which means shoot the window, essentially. Not essentially. That's what it means. <laughs> and and then McLean sort of fires around that same time. So it's not hard to believe that maybe Carl just didn't hear him say it. Yeah. But it's funny to also assume that maybe Carl so inept and filled with rage that he he forgotten how to talk. <laughs> he, he forgot and, his native tongue. And, and Hans is like, shoot the glass. It's and, an amazing little bit. So yeah, they empty every bullet they have. They're shooting out every window, every piece of glass in that. It's like 15 floor. seconds nonstop of yeah. just emptying clips. And the glass is like raining down around McLean, who's like, you know, losing his shit. He's like, Jesus Christ. He's like looking down at his bare feet, looking at the exit and this like ocean of glass between him and the door. Right. But, you know, I guess you got to do what you got to do. Right. Yeah. It's then that Carl throws that flash grenade yep. into the cubicle and uh, and they they make a beeline there trying to see if McLean's still in there. No sign of McLean. There he goes. He's gone. But but the bag of the detonators is left behind. So Hans is happy. Which means that that he must have dropped that bag when he first got in there and was like unloading on that one I guy. I can see that, you know. And then he just couldn't get back over to it. I guess that's right? what I would think. And yeah, is there was just he couldn't he couldn't because he knows at this point Hans mustn't really need these to blow something up. Right. So anyway, yeah, he's left it behind. So Hans is happy as a clam. Yeah, he's, sort he's of got his detonators back. He's like, okay, we're back in business. Up and up. Carl is furious. That head turn on the beat and the music on the little timpani drum is yeah. hysterical. So at this point now, back on the street, Thornburg's producer comes back with all the information on McLean and his family who are all 
Los Angeles based. Oh no. Thornburg, so no. They're like, sweet. You just know Thornburg's gonna do the worst possible thing. Yep. Right. And he, and he does. We'll find it. <laughs> we'll find out. So now Gruber is back. He's got his detonators. He gives them to Uli, who's like the only, I feel like, explosive expert that's left living right. at this point. Tells yeah, him to go. dead. Marco's dead. <laughs> Tells him to get to work. Carl's like wrecking the bar cart or Which whatever. Is, this is a, a great bit that like Holly and Wolverine are. <laughs> yeah, Wolverine. <laughs> Holly and her assistant who has, who has some bitch in 80s hair see Carl going crazy. Holly says only John can drive somebody that crazy. As this some, movie's great at being able to get, still get laughs. Oh yeah. Out even as things are getting more and more dire. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So McLean is dragging himself across the floor into a bathroom, just like leaving a river of blood behind Uh, from his foot. You all should know. I have a thing about finger and foot injuries, especially if they're like Uh, toes, like anything with the fingernails and stuff like that, which was why, which was why black swan was so hard to watch. But like foot injuries where people were like, like bleeding heavily or they've stepped on a nail, which I've done. It's grew. I just hate it. It's rough to watch this. Like even now, I mean, it looks, it looks like he's like a stuck pig. Yeah. It's like so much blood. You know, he's feeling nauseated, lightheaded. Yeah. And you got Theo, Computer expert Theo, he's right. broken through the sixth lock, and the but the electromagnetic seal is still intact. He's calling Hans to give him an update. Uh, Al radios to McLean as he's like picking uh, this broken glass out rough. of his foot, dude. The pain in Bruce Willis's voice here is awesome. Yeah. Oh, he's such a good actor, man. This yeah. Willis. Yeah, he's good. This Willis guy. <laughs> he's. I think he's going places. He's got a career. <laughs> Um, McLean tells Al, I chalk up two more bad guys. What Al tells him, they got a pool going on him down there. Yeah. And like, and uh, he's not getting good. Odds. He's not getting good odds. <laughs> out. Yeah. McLean says to put him in for 20. I'm good for it. I'm good for it. Yeah. Um, McLean started asking Al, why are you a desk cop? Right. And Al goes into like a heartbreaking story about how yeah, this when, is he, rough. when he was a rookie, shot a kid who had a toy gun. Yeah, which happens. Yeah, absolutely. Like to this day, more than it should, of course. But he just says, like, after that, I could never point my gun at anybody ever again. Um, Man, yeah, that's a. uh, That's like, I never thought about this, but I saw an interview with Reginald Vell Johnson where he laments over the fact that he never got to do a scene, like a real scene face to face with McLean Mm -hmm. or with Bruce Willis. Right. And you think about it, you're like, yeah. They're both giving these great performances, acting opposite of like a script person who's just reading the lines. If you know. the listeners at home have never read the original 88 New York Times review, I encourage you all to do it because it is awesome. Yeah. But the reviewer talks about how that this movie is, you know, one part story about a, a marriage on the rocks, one part interracial buddy like mm-hmm. buddy buddy movie and about how it's like a buddy movie where the buddies are, they never see each other until, yeah. you know, later. It's incredible. Like they they don't meet face to face. It's, it's awesome. After Alf tells that downer of a story, he tells McLean that he's really not going to enjoy hearing that the FBI are now running the show. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, at the same time as it's like matching action, right? Like right. Alice, he's telling him this, the FBI guys are walking up a hill with some 
with Bad Dwayne news. Robinson yeah. and other guys. So Theo and Hans are watching this on the security cameras. Right. Theo's saying, uh, you know, these guys are the city planners. This is the police. I don't know who these guys are. Oh, uh, yeah. Hans is like, that's the FBI. They're telling the city to cut the power to the building. Predictable. He's like, all the power, including the circuits that can't be cut, are going to be cut automatically in response to a terrorist takeover. Like, that's FBI protocol. Hans knows a lot about FBI protocol. And Theo's like, that would include cutting the power to the electromagnetic seal. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's uh, everything's coming up, Hans. You ask for miracles, Theo, I give you the FBI. I. Right. Everything's going according to plan, except for that pesky McLean. Where is he? He's the fly in the ointment. <laughs> the monkey in the wrench. <laughs> the pain in the ass. Oh, I guess we'll have to find out, though, what happens on the next exciting episode. The conclusion of the, our, our yeah. holiday special. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Are we you guys hope- jacked? We're jacked. We're I'm so excited. stoked. I'm so I'm, stoked. You better be back with us. We're going to be back either way. The movie kicks ass. This whiskey kicks ass. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. (laughs) All right, we'll be back. On Hollis Ave at the dark When I seen a man chilling with his dog at the park I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear Looked at his dog, oh my god, a ill reindeer My man, I was yelling for the man at a beer And a bag full of pretty 12 o'clock at night So I turned my head a second and the man was gone But he must have dropped his wallet back dead on the lawn I picked the wallet up and then I took a pause Took out the lights and then the cold said Santa Claus A million dollars in it cold, hundreds of G's Enough to buy a 